0: my talents for R.M.N.
1: Yeah, that's right. Enjoy. Enjoy. R.M.N. If Davis, son of Davis. It was great. I, I, I'd i never been before, so I, uh, I, you know, I took a chance uh, just to kind of
0: to see what was happening in some you know i go to south by South West every year and i wanted to kind of see what was happening in europe and um you know i would seen a uh, a youtube video
1: yeah uh,
0: talking about direct to
1: consumer yeah and what night what Trent Reznor had been doing and it said it was
0: from me then and i said oh man i gotta go check this out so i you know i got a the trip all put together and went out there. And I had a, I had a, a great experience. I thought that um, it was a lot more efficient than um, the South by Southwest because you're not trying to see shows all the time. You're just trying to like kind of either network and do some business deals or you're trying to you know learn something.
1: But I thought it was great. I'd, I'd like to go next year, but I probably won't make it. <laughs> okay, right. It's extremely ex- extremely expensive over in then. It's very expensive in Cannes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I had a free ticket to go on, you know, to, to get me to London, and I just had to fly down there, but the hotel and everything, you know. <laughs> yeah, Expen- expensive trip. I'm away from the family, and, you know, so far away. Yeah, so, so, so what, what, what has been sort of, um, what what have you been working on lately, uh, Aaron? Have, have you, have you, you're working on your, your father's estate? Yeah, we work on the estate, uh, my cousin Vince Wilburn and I, and um, our general manager for the estate, his name is Daryl Porter, and then my sister, Cheryl Davis, is also part of the estate, is, but we call it Miles Davis Properties, okay. and you know, we handle all the day-to-day stuff with Miles Davis, uh, as it is now, and then I also have my own management company called Davis Artist Group, and I have where I do management as well as consulting,
0: And I have one client that I manage full-time. His name is Gabriel Johnson, and his first record is coming out in September, and we're just trying to, like, we're lining up shows. He's hired our publicist that we use at Miles Davis Properties. You know, things are just lining up nicely. It's just a lot of work going on. So, yeah, he he asked me,
1: actually. That's how I
0: got into it was we were just friends, you know, and I knew him as a good trumpet player. He's uh, Chris Bode's protege also. Yeah. And uh, he he would always send me music and I would you know, I dance is great and I try to give him some advice and then he one time he said, Oh, you know, it's not a manager. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, Yeah, how about that? And I thought about
1: it for a while and we had lunch and we decided to try it. Good. Well, that's, that's fantastic. So 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 what 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 is your view, Aaron I mean I mean from from your father's perspective, then I mean, I mean, your father was was one of the greatest musicians that ever lived. I mean, I mean, I mean, how how does it how does the music industry feel for you today? I mean, you've you've been to me them, and you you know you are doing the South by Southwest. Well, how 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 do you feel the the music industry is working today? Well,
0: thank you for saying that, but uh, but I think I think the industry, you know. Uh, for a long time, I kept hearing how dead it was and, you know, how it's going under. But I think it's the opposite. I think now's the time for people to really expand their idea of what the music business is. And it's more artist-driven now than label-driven. So I think that's actually a good thing in some respects. Yeah. You know, the labels that cultivate catalogs like the Miles Dance catalog, I think they do a great job and they've been working on those catalogs for, you know, years,
1: like 50 years in some cases. Yeah. But whereas you have new artists who are not necessarily geared towards one driven pop single or something like that, then,
0: uh, you know, I think it's a good time. Like, let's say you uh, what you know, like a, a, a rock and roll band or, a, you know, just a band that actually plays instruments and doesn't rely on producers and sequences and stuff like that so much. You can actually develop your own grassroots following through the internet, and through social media, and, you know, uh, use that to, to slowly, you know, put shows, you know, in bigger and bigger venues over time and, you know, get the fan van and travel across, you know, the country like we used to do anyway, but now with the social media, you've got an extra component to help you keep those fans and keep them informed of what's happening with you, you know, so... Yeah. You know, I think it's like as good a time as any, almost better. You know, at first I was a little, you know, when people were talking about, you know, I've got a singer or oh, I've got, you know, a band. You see, I was like, eh, I'm not really interested because there wasn't anybody, there wasn't anywhere to place them. And the label, when the label does like a band, they try to do the, that whole 360 deal thing. And I just, you know, I don't think you should be able to, you should have to give up uh, part of your touring and your merchandise, you know, if, if you don't have to, you know, right?
1: You know, when we were on the road with my dad, like, that was,
0: he made a lot of, from touring and merchandise. But, but... Uh, I just think that,
1: that it's better if you can kind of... It, I mean, we got, like, my client like the, the, like Gabriel Johnson,
0: we, we went back and forth on how we were going to do it. Like, we, first we thought, oh, we'll just do it ourselves, and we thought, well, maybe let's try some of the jazz labels. But then, you know, as time progresses, you kind of feel like there's ways to do it yourself where you can do all the direct fan merchandising and, and record sales even and you know, a lot of people think
1: you should just give the music away for free anyway and build an ecosystem around the artist with the music kind of being the initial piece, you know. So Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean but with with, with record sales being so low though, I mean I mean obviously people are downloading music and, and, and buying, you know, getting music from streaming websites and so on and so forth. Um, I mean, the record shops—a prehistoric animal now, where people actually go and buy physical records. Um, what, what, what? You know, how do how do labels survive? If, if there's no three sixty deal, uh, Aaron, uh, how how do labels survive? Well, that's a good question. I don't really know. From that,
0: point. I mean, like a modern label like XL or Domino. I don't know how they would probably get by without. Deal. I don't know if it's worth it to
1: them but well you know I mean I mean if you, know. you if you take a if you take a mainstream artist I mean I mean I did some I, I mean I produced Prince for an example I mean I worked with Prince in Minneapolis and um I, and you know I mean if you take an artist like Prince uh who who you know world famous artist like Prince and you say well his album sold possibly two million copies in the past, three million copies. I mean, okay, we're not talking about Purple Rain or or 1999, but we're talking about, you know, uh, four or five years ago, his album was doing two million copies. Today, Prince's album will be lucky if it actually sells half a million copies. Now, by the time you've paid all the band, you've paid the studio time, you've paid the, the, the promotion, the marketing, there's only, I mean, we're talking about Half a million sales worldwide. You know, it's not a huge amount of money really on the table compared to when Purple Rain came out. He would have sold maybe twenty three, twenty four million albums. A very different scenario. But when you're only selling half a million albums, I think that creates a huge problem in the respect that we we you know the 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 labels have all went. I mean, we're we're now down to a quarter of the record labels that were were around. Um, um you know 10 years ago even so I mean the majors are even buying each other so Warner's getting bought by a Russian uh, person just just bought Warner Brothers uh you know emi and and uh, you know uh Sony uh, sorry BMG and Sony of have, have, have connected up together uh, emi and, and and Universal are the only two left that are standalone major record labels um uh, I mean, obviously, the three sixty deal is 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 the only way forward. I think for for um, for the record label, but do we need record labels? Do you think, you know, I mean, your father was probably, you know, one of the leading not not just fun, you know, leading musicians in the world, but I think he was very very uh, forward thinking. In his ways that he would put out records, and the way he would, the way he, you know, he wasn't just a, a label guy. I mean, your father did a lot of organic music as well, didn't he? Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, but the way,
0: the way I see it is that you, I, I, mean, as far as the labels are concerned, I don't, I just don't see much of the stuff that's coming out from them as being. You know, I don't think a lot, I mean, some of it will stick around for a while and you'll remember it 20 years from now. But I see it far too much of it that you won't, I don't think anybody will remember it 20 years. Or or they'll go, oh yeah, yeah, you know, that was, that was a fun song or something. But it, it was nothing like, yeah, maybe that's an older man talking, but that, it's just, it just doesn't seem like there's anything out there that really, is just, that they're putting out anything that's all that great anyway. Yeah. But,
1: Yeah. Eventually, oh, I mean, their whole no problem is there's nowhere to sell the record. You know, I mean, and they and they seem to be a little bit late to the party with some of the internet stuff. So. Yeah. So so. so.
0: is license you know, some some license the song just to do it on just to put it out on vinyl. Mm. And you can, you know, you can sell like somebody's record, like a new band for instance. And you can sell their you can like do the vinyl for them or you can you know, there's just all these different little combinations of things and and I just I really like the way a lot of new artists that are even on small labels like Bloodshot Records or Captured tracks in Brooklyn. How they how they bundle their you know their whole. Like you, you, get, you it's more like you are buying a, a vinyl album and you're getting you know maybe a T-shirt and the digital download as well or you know like a fine picture or something. You know I think
1: that's a lot more interesting than just buying a CD, for instance. You know. Yeah. Sure. Sure. So, so what what is your advice Aaron to to, to, to to musicians and bands today that are trying to make it in 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 today's market I mean I mean you've been to meet I mean I go to meet them every single year and and uh, you know I also go to popcom in Germany and Miami festival in Miami and and, and so on and so forth but I mean what's your advice I mean I mean you, you you've played as a you know you, you've been one of the cats out there playing you, you you've done the touring you've you're a manager as well you're looking after your father's estate what's your advice to um a young artist or band that's trying to make it today how, how, how would you go about doing that for, and what would your advice be well my advice
0: raise some money on your own somehow like one way or the other you've got to raise some amount of money to do it and once you've done that you have to kind of pick and choose how you're going to do it and you should do it through through i think first of all you got to be able to to be a good live band i don't think you know i've seen a lot of bands that that have kind of a vibey kind of sound that when you you see a clip of them on YouTube or
1: something. And all of a sudden, you see no musicianship. Uh, you know, I put a lot of thought in musicianship. I don't really want to see anybody who doesn't look like they can play their instrument. No. So I mean, you no know, matter how vibey or cool it sounds, you know, I lose interest once I realize. That. You know, I, I've seen some bands at South by
0: Southwest that I thought were great. Like, oh, that's a really cool track. You know, especially the kind picture. You know, like uh, somebody's band who sounds good with in a. In a movie or a commercial or, or a, you know, some kind of surfing movie, you know, something where there's some picture going with it. And then you know, go see them live, and it's kind of like not really there. You know, like you've got people who who came up with a cool idea but don't really execute it that well. So I think the execution has to be there live. You have to be able to play live. And once you start to develop your grassroots, you really got to hit hit things through social media. I mean, I'm sure everybody else is saying that too. I mean, you've got to got to be able to generate some interest through YouTube, Vimeo, uh,
1: Facebook, Twitter, you know, what, Tumblr, what have you, you know. Yeah. If, yeah. Um, and, once and, and then you've got to do something, you know,
0: it's got to be a bit artistic as well as, as, as some kind of live execution. Like a, another band I consult for, they were able to put together a really cool, you know, video almost in the older you know, 90s, 90s type of video. Uh, they were, like, playing in a house, like, people there, and it's like a, kind of a party going on. And they, and they were able to, to, to kind of find an up-and-coming director, you know. So I would almost go to, like, an art school and try to, like, hook up with somebody there
1: who's initially trying to get some of the, some stuff for his own resume or what what have you, and, or TV. <laughs> Not sure. And, uh, you know, I would try to, you know, try to... You know, you obviously have to do for as much as you can with with the little resources that you're gonna have. So yeah, sure. I mean, fr- fr- from your, your own perspective then, I mean, do you think that music in the in the last, I mean, you mentioned there you didn't think much of the stuff that was coming out, the that the today's labels uh, was, was all that good, but do, do you feel that music has lost its soul a little bit?
0: DJs are becoming very much like the old rock stars, you know. Um, when I was in high school, you know, there was all about all the bands that were happening on the Sunset Strip, all this rock and roll like, kind of stuff. Yeah. And now it seems like people who are younger than me are, are
1: really, you know, excited about going to see DJs. And to me, that doesn't seem like, that seems like it will last. That, that won't last as long as the, as the Rock and roll Air Band did. And no, I mean, I don't mean, see any value in that. I, I, you know, I'm being older, of course, but I don't want to see. I mean, I mean, plus I come from, you know, my,
0: my own background with my father and everything. So I need to see musicianship. You know, I, I don't want to see somebody else playing a collection of music that makes people, you know, dance. I, that's just
1: personal. Yeah. Now, uh, did you still play, Adam? Do you still play?
0: Uh, the festival performances you know especially from the UK Uh, UK festivals like Donington and um, Reading Festival and Isle of Wight and I just I just don't I I just don't see any value like there's it's all it's all show there's no there's no substance
1: so in a way I do think it's lost its soul a little bit but I'm then again I'm also older and I know that that the younger people who are going to see this stuff really do enjoy it so it's Whatever it's the best thing they can go see. And, and and you know, from 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 a perspective, then, uh, Aaron, what what would you say about you know? Uh, I mean, I mean, obviously, from from your from your father's style of music. I mean, how much do you think your father's music influenced other people's music? I mean, I mean, your father never had. What you would call in the current sense? I mean, he never had number one hit records on Billboard or whatever. But 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 you know, what what would you? How much influence do you think your you know your father's music created to other people's music? Well, I think because of his specific
0: case, where he explored so many different styles and very, you know uh, instruments and sounds. I think he's had a lot of influence on people, and, and I've come into contact with a lot of it uh, in some of the promotions and things that we've done. You know, I, I see that a lot of rock and roll fans are big fans of his because of his sort of... this uh, uh, kind of fearlessness about trying something new. I mean, we, we, we had our own showcase in South by Southwest. We tried to showcase some bands. You know, we had our Michael um, Davis house. We tried to showcase some new bands that were coming from. I think they, most of them came from LA or Brooklyn, and they all had, had a.
1: Yeah, sure. um, and uh, and you know, there's, there's a lot of people who just like kind of blue. They all know that record,
0: you know. So, so, mm. so I think his influence generally is just you know on, on. There's a lot of admiration that goes on. There's a lot of respect for you know for the the way his career
1: changed constantly. And and so who, who who would have influenced Miles Davis then? Who who would influence a man like that? You mean now? Yeah. Uh, I think he would,
0: uh, you know, it would be more like a. Like, I'm not sure. I've talked about this with Vince before. I'm not sure what he would be into right now. I don't know if he would be into doing things more electronically or still. You
1: know, I mean, I know he liked having a band, so, you know, it wouldn't be him and a DJ up there. <laughs> no, no. But, you know,
0: it would be, you know, he was very into the uh, electronic elements, you know, going back to. So, you know progressing forward i think that there would be some, some some kind of maybe a dj element but not maybe not with turntables but with you know more of the of that kind of programming and, and loops and things like that yeah. i'm not I think a lot of it you wouldn't like. Yeah. I mean there's obviously gonna be some some people like maybe like a uh, danger mouse or somebody like that who we'd really like.
1: Okay. And 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 what, what what about, you know, from your own perspective then Aaron? I mean I mean obviously I mean what, what would you say to People out there. I mean, I mean, I mean. Obviously, you had to live under your fa- father's shadow a lot of this You know, being such a legend in in, in music. I mean, I, I mean, did that help you as a musician, or did that hold you back, or? Not, i don't think it it held me back. I think. I think what held me back was that I I thought that I could figure it all out without having to
0: really study as hard as he did initially. You know, he he had lessons and he went school and you know he took it very seriously and he tried to impart that on me impart that to me and i just i i was playing drums when i was in high school and i was learning everything by ear so i figured i didn't really need to study that much i find it that, that that now that i find that myself studying more now like i study guitar i study drums i take piano lessons you know i'm trying to be try to really know more about what's going on every time i hear some music so I kind of wish I would have to him earlier yeah. <laughs> so it would come in handy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I,
1: I, I, I don't believe that
0: it's too late to, to correct those kind of mistakes.
1: I mean, you know, I'm, you know I wish well, I had done it earlier, but, you know. And would, would, would you say that you... And, I mean, you, you played with your father, did you not? Yes yeah, I did. I played with him in 1990, right after I got out of
0: high school. And even then, you know, I was really... I was really nervous every night. I was,
1: And, 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 and did he like what you did? He, he, he enjoyed what you did?
0: Yeah, but he actually, he was actually very patient and kind of helped me through it, you know. Um, he would kind of give me tips about how to these Disney-
1: And, and so i mean to to cap off this thing Erin. i mean if you, what what we're doing with, with, with um to let you understand what we've got i mean i spoke to gene simmons earlier on tonight and uh i was speaking to gene gene, gene simmons about rock music and about all the, the the elements that he and and so what what we're doing is, is is all the people that are in the book are doing like a little a little forward and and i appreciate you're busy so what what would uh, what would your forward be to hit click readers What would you what would you say I mean basically the idea of the book and I'll tell you just now that the the chapters in the book is like you know you 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 did a fantastic thing there because you mentioned musical education and and that's chapter one in the book is about musical education and all the colleges and so on around the world and, 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 and how you can learn what you what you can do, learn your craft, a little, you know, in any other job in the world. If you're a doctor, a lawyer, you go to university, you learn a bit first, you know. And and so we, we decided to go down that line with chapter one and, and so on and so forth. And there's a soul chapter about, you know, I mean, which, which will lead me to my next question because the soul chapter is about, there are, I mean, I'm a music producer at and, and I've produced lots of very, very famous people and, uh, you know, including, you know, uh, people that, that have, you know, crossed shoulders with your father and so on and so forth. And, and, and you know, the, the, the big thing, I've, I've worked with a lot of um, soul artists and, and, and R&B people and so on and so forth. And, and what I find is that Uh, The biggest problem I have recording in a recording studio is I feel that artists do not know how to play in the groove. They know how to play on the beat, but they don't know how to play in the groove. And, you know, you're a drummer. Your father was, I mean, incredible at this, what I'm talking about. What would you... What lesson could you teach a music student? Now... I'm not saying you know I mean there are certain types of musicians that are always in the groove, but but I'm saying, how would you teach someone to sing in the groove or play bass in the groove or or guitar in the, is is there a trick that you guys have got that that, that, that that you could you could say well that's what that's what my dad did that's what I did this is you know this is a trick that we did this is the, or, you know or was it just a feel thing what 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 was it for you?
0: Be aware of what everyone else is playing, which is kind of goes without saying anyway. But but you have to really be aware, and you have to anticipate also. So you, so to anticipate what someone else is going to play, you are going to have to play with
1: them a lot. And when I was I was in a band called Bloodline with uh, Joe Bonamassa, you know who he is? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were in a band together for a long, you know, for a few years back in the '90s. And
0: our managers made us rehearse. over and over again and and then we went on tour and we played them over and over again and we were very tight you know we (laughs) we like I've seen a lot of bands just like you said who don't play in the groove and I think a lot of times they're not listening to each other they're listening to themselves to make sure they sound okay or or what have you I mean I've even seen singers like a guy wanted me to produce them and I went to see him and he had a band he was playing guitar but so off key
1: that I was like, you can't hear yourself, can you? He's like, no, not really. <laughs> like, well, that's the first problem right there is you have to be able to hear yourself, yeah. And you
0: know, within the context of everything else. So you've got to be able to hear, you know, the bass, drums, the guitar, you know, if the drums are too loud, then you have to get a drummer who plays a little quieter if you can't afford, if you're not playing in a, in a club or a, or a theater that has good. You know, you, everyone has to be dynamic too. You, know? you can't just have somebody play at one volume. You know, the dynamics are important, and then kind of be able to listen to yourself, listen to the, be familiar with the style of the other guys that you're playing with. You know, especially if if it's like a pickup gig, and you know you're like a kind of a, a gun for hire for like a couple shows or something. That's
1: So what what would what would Aaron Davis forward be for Click then? Going out going out to all the music students around around the the, the globe what would what would your forward be to, for 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 Hicklick? What would you what would you say? What would what, what would
0: I hey, uh, I would say first of all congratulations for picking a great industry to work in and secondly don't be afraid everything is going to be all right if you, if you if you'd really right
1: again.